Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Claire, it's the start of the show. Before we get into the show, don't you have something that you want to say to everybody? <laughs> well, no, now it sounds very important. I do. Just very quickly, I want to let you know that I have written a number of music, 11 <gasps> songs. It's called Matrescence. It's about love and motherhood and identity and it's been a bloody delight to create and I've had so much fun and I'm going to be launching the album on February 12th at 3 p.m. at the Wesleyan in Northgate. If you are in Melbourne, I would so love you to come along. Tickets are available in the link below. Seats so are limited. They're more than halfway. Yeah, they're been already ha- almost. Yeah, over halfway now. Yeah. yeah, not many tickets left. So it's it's a pretty intimate space. So I wanted to do just like a really special gig. My cousin, actually, Woody Sampson, who's really excellent, is going to be opening the show, which he's is amazing. really cool. He's way better than you. He is actually. He's <laughs> way better than me. I don't know why I decided to do that, but I have. And I'll be performing them with um, the guy who I've been making some music with called Ezekiel Fenn, and that's really cool as well. And, yeah, so tickets are available in the link in my bio below. We're going to have some laughs and storytelling. There'll be some merch available. And I'm possibly going to be doing a pre-order of vinyl, which I'll keep you updated. Will I be there? Soon. You will definitely be there. Um, and I would just – we're going to hang around after the show and have a drink and Not a man. chat and maybe some food. James will probably ghost. Who knows? No, I'd no, love I'll, to I'll see there. you and have a little chat if you – would like to come along. So that's 3 p.m. at the Wesleyan in Northgate. And jump in quick because, yeah, you're right, tickets are over half sold. Can you expand so. the room? Probably not. No, I can – we can probably – it's all seated currently. Yeah. So we could make some more standing room. You want a comfortable venue. Yeah, but I'm old and I want to sit down. So yeah. it's seated, just letting you know. So maybe we might expand it. We'll see. See, um, But I would get in quick because it's selling out. I'll bet. Did you buy me a ticket? Do I have to buy a ticket? No, not yet. I oh, my God, I should buy a ticket. <laughs> yeah, you probably should. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so the link is in my show notes below. And the, no, the album's great. I've already heard the whole thing. Oh, Mate. Yeah, I'm really proud. Actually, I'm really proud of it. When I listened through to the whole thing, I just got really emotional. And if you can't come, there's going to be, it's obviously available, will be available. And yeah, so after that gonna... date, it's going to be on Spotify and, and um, all the streaming apps. I'm going to be releasing a single um, in early December. So mm-hmm. that's going to come out really soon. And if you. It's a cover want updates... of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. <laughs> so that'll be the first one that's coming out. It's in not early that, December. but I'm joking. No, um, but you can find out more details over on my Instagram. If Would you do a interested. Christmas album? I've, I was, I've done one with you. I'm, my aim is oh, at God, some point. Oh, no, I meant to like spring it on you and not oh, remind no. you. That's next month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Uh, yes, I've been planning this for many months. Fuck. <laughs> All right, we should oh, get on with the show. We should. Bing bong, bing, bing, bong, bing, bing, bong, bong, bong. <laughs> I don't know what happened at the Very end Very interesting. I know, I'm experimenting with my bing bongs. Hello. Wow. Are you, you going to talk at the same time as me or the whole time? It's not very professional. Not the whole time. It's right. bound to happen, though. It is a podcast. That's what that's what, that's what they do. But Collins will edit it out. He will separate our voice <laughs> using the appropriate audio Long equipment. Long suffering, Collins. I edit out. No one likes a podcast that waffles. 
My name is Claire Twenty. James Don't Clemens is also. We are married. This is Suggestible Podcast where we recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to. And I'm excited to be here on this day of days, an auspicious day. Well, I can imagine you would be excited because you've probably read Project Hail Mary by this look, point in time. Look, everyone. Look, I've been <sighs> tweeted many a time. And I appreciate all Just of you. Just quit, Claire. Everyone, I have read four pages. That's nothing. <laughs> You're not even going to remember that. You're going to have to reread them. It's sort of, yeah, look, I've started. I've broken the back. I've broken no, the back. you have not. <laughs> You don't know what broken the back means. James, 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 James. This is just audio book it. Journey or don't. It's a journey. It's a journey. It's a whole process, and everyone is What'd you here think? for me. What'd you think at the start? Oh, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like just it at quit all. Then. It's so boring to me. Also, like I, I get it. He's like being, I don't know, tr- I don't know. Absconded by aliens. I don't know something. Yeah, it sounds like you really get it. Yeah, that's exactly. Penis had like all these tubes in him when he woke (laughs) up, and then his the tube came out of his penis, and he was like, "Oh, that's painful." I'm like, "You've never had childbirth or anything, weird guy who can't remember things about your own life." I don't know. It's look, I'm I'm withholding my judgment. I'm in Musicland. I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of things for other things other than Musicland. Well, that's really exciting, Claire. But I know, you, it's not very have helpful actually, for a podcast. Have you actually read anything I'm this week, I'm getting the though? wheelie thing, the fiddly wheelie I love the wheel. One. Give me the wheel. No, too bad, too sad. Nah, give me another one then. Okay. Give me that weird Which little. Which one are you going to have? I'll take the weird We have a box chain. of fiddle hey, things. They know. All right. They know. I bought them. I told you the story of these, right? I bought they them for my everybody, kids everybody, in my class. Yeah, no, I know. And instead we use them. What does I know, that say about I know, us? I know that. They're really enjoyable. Though. They certainly are. Now let's get in on with it. All right, get on with the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you got? Just quit. I will never quit. I will always read a really bad book. It's not actually bad, and everyone's going to tweet me now and be like, "It's excellent." I'm offending a lot of people, and so I'm sure it's really great. He had a tube in his penis. I don't know. Your turn to review a thing. Do you think you'd uh, you'd read it if it was called He Had a Tube in His Penis? <laughs> no, <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh, do you want me to go first? Yes. Cool. Okay. Well, I watched a movie called Weird, The Al Yankovic Story. Ah, uh, this is directed yes. by Eric Appel and it was written by him and also Weird Al himself. Uh, so it stars Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al. Is it current like, or is it made many years ago? It literally just came out. Okay, yeah. excellent. Oh, you're so uh, up with the times. I'd like to be. So it also time. stars Evan Rachel Wood as Madonna. Mm-hmm. The, the, like Madonna, Madonna. Like a real Madonna. Yeah, real Madonna. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rain Wilson as Dr. Demento. And there's also lots of fun cameos from both. Like, uh, like oh, that's a famous person playing a different famous person and, and whatever. There's a lot of that going on in it, which I won't spoil because there's, there's a bunch of them. Anyway, so this is the, ex- the unexaggerated true story about the greatest musician of all time. From a, You know who he is, right? He the greatest parodies. musician of all time. Weird Al, he's got the... Um, oh, no. <laughs> he's got, you know, he's got the accordion and he does like parody songs. There was Eat It. Does he have Sorry, there was Beat hair? It. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yes, I do know. There was Beat It, Michael Jackson, and he did Eat It. There was um, Gangster's Paradise, he did Amish Paradise. He's got a whole lot of these different things, right? That's very clever. Yeah. It's almost like he's the best musician of all time. Oh, yeah. So from a conventional upbringing while where playing the accordion was a sin, Weird Al Yankovic rebels and makes his dream of changing the words to world-renowned songs come true. An instant success and a sex symbol, Al lives an excessive lifestyle and pursues an infamous romance that nearly 
destroys him. So this is, <laughs> uh, you probably could tell because that was exaggerated, it's a parody of music biopics. You know, like that Elvis movie, uh, Walk the Line. There was also a movie called Rhapsody. Rhapsody, terrible movie, but yes, good Is example. Rhapsody? Something like, I don't know, give a shit, it's fine, it's terrible. <laughs> I, uh, I like the Elton John one. Bad. I, I think it. it is bad. I think it's a bad movie. There was actually a similar movie to this called Walk Hard from 2008, which is also quite good. So if you like this, you, you'll definitely like that. But the thing about this story is, Claire, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a lie. Like the entire thing, like how he writes his songs, the things that happen to him, the people that he interacts with, actually some of that is true, but it's just a big it's a big lie. It's just a bold-faced lie. And the <laughs> lies are so, like, that's so ridiculous that you would, like, pass that off <laughs> as a real event, that that is what makes it funny. And it is. It's incredibly funny. Like, for, for example, you know the song Beat Us by Michael Jackson? Yeah. This movie it takes a turn at one point where he goes, I'm not writing parody songs anymore. So he writes the song Eat It, right? Yeah. And then they very very clearly go out of their way to say, this is an original song, Weird Al wrote this song that's not based off anything. And then afterwards Michael Jackson does a parody of his song and he's like mad about it and whatever because it's like just it's like destroying his legacy and all. <laughs> just shit that's like that's obviously not true. <laughs> so it, it basically it, it pokes fun at all these kinds of, kinds of stories like the cliches and the drug use and the money and, and band breakups and all of that. You, you're going to be seeing all of that. It also like zags in ways that you don't expect it's going to go. Like you think maybe a joke is going to go a certain way and it goes a different way or the story. I, w- I don't really want to spoil any of that because there's there's so many things in it which just like takes a turn and I'm like, I didn't expect this and this is great. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. Um, Daniel Radcliffe is like, it's not a good choice for Weird Al. Like he doesn't look like him. He's clearly miming the whole way through it. <laughs> but it... It works. Like, he's just really just going all out on the Like, he's like a foot shorter. Like, it doesn't work <laughs> at all. Evan Rachel Wood is Madonna. Very good, actually. Very con- more convincing at, at the very least. And also and also really, really funny is she, she plays this kind of, like, she wants to get in with Weird Al so she can, like, boost her own career, which, again, is obviously not true because it's, <laughs> because it's Madonna. It's Madonna, Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's so funny. And it's not like if you're, if, if you're worried it's going to be like, oh, is it too rude or too gross or whatever? It's not. It's none of those things. It's just like a, just a dumb movie, in the, it, but done in the best way. In the really smart way. Yeah, it is really sp- – because yeah. Weird Al, like he's – there's a reason he's been around for so long and it's not just because he does parody songs. Like he's, a, he's an established comedian. Like he does amazing stage shows with like costume, things like that and – you know, he's, he's vastly talented and apparently very nice. And I hope this doesn't all turn around to bite me in the ass. <laughs> and that's why he's like, he's like in his 60s and he's like still around and people people still love him. Paul F. Tompkins, who's actually in this, tells this amazing story about, this is unrelated, where he goes into, they were sharing studio space with Weird Al was recording something for a TV show in the other room. Paul F. Tompkins is a comedian, if, if you don't know. Yeah. Um, and and there's too much noise coming from next door. And he goes, don't worry, I know I know Weird Al. I'm, I'll, I'll go in and talk to him. We, we know each other from comedy. And he goes in and he's like, Weird, you're killing me. you got to keep it down. And he does this like three or four times. And Weird Al's like, no, I know, I'm sorry. I'm like, I will. I, I know, I understand that. I, 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 will, I will. I'll keep it down. Anyway, and he's being really nice about it. It turns out that Paul F. Tompkins doesn't know Weird Al at all. He just seen him on TV, <laughs> like as he explains, like like everybody else. He just seen him on TV, but out there, apparently, friends now, and that's obviously all fine. 
It's great. The only thing is, it's only available on Roku. What is that? Great question, Claire. It's not here. So BJ Carter actually reached out to uh, Weird Al on Twitter and said, oh, it's not actually available in Australia. And he said, Roku's working on it. This is from Weird Al himself. Oh. Uh, in the meantime, there's VPN, very probably no way to watch it legally. I'm sure you have a torrent of other questions, but I have to move along. Sorry. So he's basically saying you can just steal this. I'm assuming they sold it to Roku and just made their money anyway. So that's yeah, why just I'd like say so. He's like openly telling people to steal it. I didn't. I, I not me. I would never do that. But uh, this is from Weird Al himself. Well, there you go. I went from the, the horse, weird horse's mouth. Uh, but yeah, again, it's it's really this. I'll, I'll just I'll spoil this one thing. I guess it's there's just a moment where he just engages in a like a brutal diner fight. Like it's Daniel Radcliffe and all these like gangsters swarm in and he just like beats up like 10 gangsters, like really <laughs> violently. Not like crazy, like where it's like, but yeah, it's just yeah. like, and it comes out of fucking nowhere. Like it's not that movie <laughs> at all. And I'm just like, amazing. I love, it's just, it's, it's great. Weird. It's so fucking weird. And, but yeah. also it's not like so weird that it's like, this is obscure and yeah. like, I don't get it. It's too weird. It's like. Right down the middle. I, I don't know. It's yeah. I guess like his music. It's like it's just it's just like perfectly. He's just got the right. His his taste is excellent. Yeah, like his ability to time things and edit things and and yeah, it's it's great. I mean, I I mean this that line. I I just can't believe they made it. Honestly, it's just. It's just strange. It's just a strange movie. That's your favorite thing. You love strange things. Oh, that sounds really cool. It is really good. I I really and please stop doing music biopics. Uh, Patrick H. Willems, who's does, he's got a great YouTube channel, talks about how like they're all the same. It's like a guy and he's like, oh, I'm just a, I'm I'm naive and whatever. And then someone comes along and he's like, you should. You're a talent. I'm gonna give you. You're gonna do some music. And then he's like, oh, now I'm the best in the world. Oh no, drugs. My band, we're falling apart and whatever. Like it's just that. You know, they're all that. Yeah. It's boring. It's also really sad because that's the, that's actually the reality. Yeah, but like. I don't really like biopics. I did like that Elton John one. That I one really I really loved liked as well, the, yeah. I, I loved agree. that. Because yep. I think it was about the music. Totally. And to me, I find, obviously, I find that really interesting how songs come to be. I yeah. find that fascinating. And you'll love this. Yeah, which, <laughs> which is why I think what I prefer are music documentaries. Where you follow someone like Lady Gaga had Absolutely. a great one, the Amy Winehouse documentary. Yeah, totally, yeah. Shania Twain had one recently that was really interesting too. I find that more interesting because I, I actually think musicians often aren't very good at talking about their art. They're musicians, so yeah. they tell and speak about what they do in the music. And so, as yes. I listened to someone recently who did a lot of interviews, saying musicians are not very good interviewees. Often, not always. Sometimes you get someone who's obviously can do all of it. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. often they're not because they're telling their story through their art. Totally, and yeah. And they're not very good conversationally. <laughs> and I guess that's the thing with music, right? There's a lot more ambiguity about the meaning of something and you can sure, read yeah. and interpret and it's such a highly skilled thing to be able to do. I don't know. I don't know where I got to that. Only just that I prefer to watch music documentaries. No, I understand And that, there's yeah. some really good ones. But this one's good. Yeah. Watch this one. Okay, I will watch this you one. You won't watch it, but... Uh... Don't but say things. I can't now because you've reviewed it, so I've got content for the show. But I do. I, I'm interested. I, I what I'm really interested in too about that something that you just said before that it's like his music, and I find yeah. that so interesting. What people make and the art they make and how that crosses over between things. Yes, you know, someone who's a really excellent actor 
can potentially also be a really good musician or a really mm. good writer or, you know, someone like that is a Lady Gaga who just somehow crosses a lot of different genres. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but yeah. there's something ostensibly the same. It's like Barbara Streisand. There's something ostensibly the same about what they make, right, whether they're acting or making music or yep. writing that I find really clever and great. And actually the person I'm going to talk about now, Lena Dunham, is a person like that. Ugh. All right. <laughs> all right. Just, she sucks, man. Okay. Uh. All right. Rewind. Okay. I want to rewind that because what I want to talk about is her movie that she's just written and directed called Catherine Called Birdie. Okay, I just mean as a person, but yeah, sure. I'm yeah, sure I this- know, but th- so this is the thing about Lena Dunham, right? People have that reaction and I know that she's made a lot of wrong steps, right, in terms of what she said on Twitter. I know that there's some things that have been very controversial and people yeah. haven't liked and I know that and she's made some mistakes and I know that. However, I also think she is an incredibly great artist and an incredible writer. I'd agree with that, And she also is a really unusual person as a woman in the public sphere. And even though she's copped so much heat for so many wrong moves and mistakes, as have, may I say, a plethora of Oh, no, I'm not giving everybody else a part. She's also not someone who aesthetically fits in the mould of that industry at all. And I think that's another reason why people have so many problems with her as well is because she's a woman who's really outspoken, who's not aesthetically fitting into a particular box. And she's awkward and she says things that make people feel uncomfortable. She makes, she says statements that are really unlikable. And yet also she's very feminist and has really interesting things to say. And even though all of that sort of public furor and the hate that she gets and the pylons, she just keeps soldiering through all of that. A, with really complex health issues. She just recently had a, or not recently, in the last few years, a hysterectomy because of mm. um, issues with her uterus. And I just think that, yeah, people have that kind of visceral reaction against her. But girls, and I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of girls, but I do think it was at that time when it was written incredibly groundbreaking. I completely agree. I think it does lose yeah. its way like dramatically. Yeah, it show, does. But, yeah. but the writing was incredibly incisive and in you know, and oftentimes just I don't know, right on the pulse of that particular moment. Yep, I agree with that. And really interesting. And she's making really interesting art. And I want to talk about Catherine called Birdie, because that's her film that is based on a book called Catherine Called Birdie that was written by Karen Cushman in nineteen ninety four that won a Newbery Prize. Mm. And Lena read it when she was only ten years old. And it's this story set in the thirteenth century of a girl called Birdie living in a village with her father as the Lord, Lord Rollo, and he's played in the movie by Andrew, Andrew Scott. Andrew Scott, yeah. I'm just but she's good this, cast. Yeah, it's yeah. such a good cast. Bella her Ramsey's mother is played yeah. by, yeah, Billy Piper and, yeah, oh, Belly, Bella Ramsey. Russell Brand. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so Bella Ramsey plays Birdie and, as you just said from Game of Thrones, she is incredible she's in amazing, this role yeah. because it's such a feminist tale of what it's really like to be. It's kind of like a diary entry from a girl in the 13th century who's really funny and out there and loves pig fighting and mud wrestling and wants to just be free and the restrictions that are placed on her, it's right at the time when she gets her period and then her father needs money so he decides to sell her to basically the highest bidder as Mm. a bride so that they can prop up the family 
not the family business, I guess, it's the lordship in the village and he needs money so, because he's also a drunk. So right, yep, yep. it's the process of her being kind of shipped off to different suitors, right? Mm. That is obviously a story we hear a lot. But what I loved about it is that the strength of the novel and I think the strength of this movie as well is the vibrancy of Birdie herself and how gross she is and funny she is and energetic she is and silly she is and Bella plays her so raucously. She's 19. That yeah. is shocking to me. Yeah. She mm. plays it so well. She play, She gets She gets just downright weird yeah. and the way she scares off suitors is really great. But also the ensemble cast is just incredible in this as well. Andrew Scott as her father. Each character is so well drawn because they're not villains, even right. though you might think Andrew Scott's character, her dad, is the villain of the piece I won't spoil it, but I'll just say that it's clear that he's someone who is an alcoholic and has wasted the family money buying a ridiculous thing like a tiger, right? Right. And and he's sort of a dreamer and also deeply passionately in love with his wife. And there's just surprising redemptive moments throughout it. Mm. And And he's from that era. And he's from that that time. And that's the other part of it. It's a real look at what it was like for women then. And you were like cattle essentially. Mm. And so there's some real poignancy in the film. There is some criticism that it doesn't go as far as the novel does in terms of building that world because it is really in a lot of ways like a romantic comedy. Do you um, think it would have worked better as a series maybe? Or No, I just think it's an excellent film okay. and I think that it doesn't – not everything has to be everything. Yeah. Like I think that it ties things up neatly in bows and I like that. I think it goes – to a dark enough place while also keeping this really wonderful kind of like it's got that sort of pop sensibility of the soundtrack that keeps it kind of slightly modern mm. and a really funny cast of characters that are also diverse casting too, which is awesome to see. Billy Piper is in this. And Billy Piper plays her mother. There's some, oh, is she? I just, I found it just delightful. Sophie Ocanito plays a really interesting widow character who's sort of in her 40s who marries Bertie's handsome uncle and Bertie's kind of actually in love with this guy and he comes back from the Crusades and even though he's her uncle, you know, it's all a bit blurry sure. back then, but she has him up on this pedestal and that's a really interesting storyline because he ends up marrying this widower because she's really rich and the widower herself admits to Bertie that she's marrying him for the same reason, that it's convenient and he's got a title which gives her a title yeah. and they don't it's love each other safety. but it's, it's safety yeah. and mm. she needs a husband, yeah, for safety reasons. And she's this kind of free spirit and it's just the women are written really beautifully and complexly and I think also Bertie getting her period is really great too, the way mm. they kind of talk through that and like Bertie thinks she's dying when she gets yeah. it and then gets explained to her kind of nanny explains to her what's going on and shows how to use a pad and all of that stuff. And that's really moving to me as well because that time of life when you're 13 and 14 as a girl, it's so fragile and it's so discombobulating and it's also really unfair because you see her kind of rolling around in the field with these like boys who are like her mates who are mm. like 14, 15 and suddenly the playing field is completely different. So up until that point she could keep up with them and it was fine. And then now she has her period so therefore she can bear children, therefore she needs to get married and she becomes valuable. Yes. And so she can no longer just be a person. And there's a beautiful scene towards the end of the movie where she kind of screams that at one of the characters that she just wants to be a person. Yeah. 
and that they're not objects. And I know that's quite obvious feminist rhetoric, but I also think it's absolutely accurate. And no, I don't think it's like it's, it's not, just still not resonant. Saying, it's yeah. still resonant now. It's so still resonant now. Because mm. I know you've said that to me before when I've asked you in the past, what did you want our what would you want our son to know and about I was like, women? Oh, no. no, you said <laughs> and it really still I still remember this. You said that women don't owe you anything mm. and that, you know, they're people. Yeah, and I, that shocked me to my core because I thought, well, that's so obvious to me. But not it's, to everyone. But it's not to everyone. <laughs> it's still not to everyone, and that's what made me so emotional about this movie. Mm. Even though it's ostensibly incredibly funny, and Andrew Scott is excellent. Yeah. Anyway, I loved it. It's Catherine Corberti. It's on Prime, so it was funded by Amazon, which you know, complex. But yes, that was there on Prime Amazon. And I I will say what's interesting, there's a little quote here from Lena Dunham herself. She says, there are certain books when you're a little kid that make you feel like you're capable of taking on the world. And that's what this book was for me. From the minute I read it, I found the character lovable and maddening. And I liked that she didn't have any sort of superpowers or sword skills. Her superpowers was just being herself. Hmm. And it is, it's, it's just, yeah, it's got a lot of heart in it. So I would totally recommend going to watch. It's such a good tween kind of movie too. So okay. if you've got – So you could watch. It's not yeah. the – And it would be great to watch with boys as well, yeah. not just tween girls. I think it's um, just got some really interesting themes. One of the – one of the her best friend is gay mm. and that's kind of a little interesting storyline. It's not really explored heavily but yeah, yeah. there's just – yeah, it would be a great thing to watch with your tweens I think. Okay. I don't have any and tweens. And teens. <laughs> yeah, tweens actually and teens just – and anyone really. I just – I've loved it. Cool. I'm really glad. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Yeah. Thanks. Did you like it more than uh, New Little Women, even Little Women? Yeah, I loved it more than that. Yeah. Because it's just weirder. It's got that Lena Dunham sensibility, so it is weird. Like there's bits with it are like and be gross and sure. great. And I love that. Mm. That's great. And there's a childbirth scene with Billy um Piper that I just burst into tears watching mm. it. It's um it's really surprisingly moving. Yeah. And Andrew Scott's character suddenly becomes you suddenly see him as this hero in mm. and for most of the film you've thought he's sort of the drunk villain. Yeah. And you really see the strength of the relationship between him and Bertie's mother. And like Bertie's mother nearly dies. This is a yeah. little spoiler in childbirth, and he just the strength of their love for each other. He kind of supports her mm. to to give birth, and it's just so beautiful. Love Andrew Scott. I love unless him he does too. something terrible, in which case I disown Andrew Scott. No, I mean the hot priest in um, Fleabag, excellent, and he also did that poem during lockdown, which I was obsessed with too. He's just Stop sitting all the in clocks. front. No. <laughs> That's the only poem you can remember. I can't remember the name of it, but he's sitting in front of a window, and it's just. Everyone was sharing it. It went viral during lockdown. Every breath you take, every move you make, was that it? That was it. I knew no, it. it was just like I can't. It's so good. I'm gonna have to find it for you and show it to you later. I've Even seen you, it. Oh, you've seen it. Yeah, you. It's wearing like about a white billowy shirt. So good. 
<laughs> anyway. You know he's gay, right? I know he's gay, <laughs> exactly. Anyway. off. I mean, to- even if he wasn't, it's not <laughs> like you're like, well, I, I think I've got a chance there. <laughs> yeah, that's true, exactly. Uh, anyway, over to you. Oh, I've got something that's right up your alley, Claire. Oh, here he goes. Uh, this is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Cowabunga Collection. You familiar oh, with this? Oh, I can't wait. Try not to tune out this entire time. All right. list all the games available. Here we go. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Cowabunga Collection is a compilation of video games developed by Digital Eclipse and published by Konami. I'm not tuning out. I'm here. It I'm features here. 13 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hang on, pause. May I just say that if you're a partner of someone who has to listen to this all the stuff all the time, I feel for you, I feel you, I hear you. Anyway, What's continue. that got to do with anything I'm doing? Nothing. <laughs> continue. Uh, features 13 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle video games developed by Konami b- between 1989 and 1994. That was the Turtles era, Claire. There were so many video games. Here are the games that were available. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the Nintendo. Notoriously difficult game, Claire. You've probably seen the Angry Video Game Nerd video on it. So it's, 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 it's you know, it's, it's my favorite it's one. YouTube mid 2000s. Yes, yes, I've definitely seen uh, There's it. the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game, which, sure, it's of its era. Not without its charms, but it's not the strongest arcade <laughs> entry on here. Followed up by Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to the arcade game on the Nintendo, the original Nintendo. The original game was more like you go on a map and whatever and then you do, but this was more like a side-scrolling beat-em-up thing. <laughs> I can see you rocking back and forth. And then we're going to skip over to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Fall of the Foot Clan, which is a Game Boy title. Not interested, no thank you. Then there was TMNT Turtles in Time, a second arcade game. Much better than the first, Claire. I did enjoy that one a lot. Then there's TMNT Back from the Sewers, again on Game Boy, not interested. Then there's TMNT 3, The Manhattan Project. That is also a Nintendo Entertainment System game. And this is where we move things up a little bit, Claire. We've got TMNT 4, Turtles in Time on the Super Nintendo, right? After that, we've don't worry, there's only 10 left. After that, we've got <laughs> TMNT, The Hyperstone Heist on the Sega Mega Drive or Sega Genesis, depending where you are from in the world. That's I never played that one before. I actually enjoyed that one quite a lot. And then we had TMNT Radical Rescue, which was also on the Game Boy. But people are saying that's the kind of the hidden gem of this collection. I think where this game falls down, though, is they've got three versions of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters for the Super Nintendo, the Sega, How long Genesis, is this going for? And the Nintendo. And while there are different characters and there are different games, it feels like you've just packaged three of the same kind of game in here. Those are all the games, right? So it's basically... All these games that people love from this era in one nostalgic package you can get. We've got it on the Nintendo Switch, but there are other games, there are other systems. It's pretty much on everything if you are interested. The best Ninja Turtles game, though, if you're looking for something in this era, and I've talked about this before, is Shredder's Revenge, which is perfectly balanced. It's a good length, Claire. There's a good variety of villains and bosses and playable characters because you can play as not only the four Ninja Turtles, I've talked about this before, but also April O'Neil, Casey Jones, and (laughs) Splinter. And they all play differently. So I feel like that game plays like how you remember the old games. Does that make sense? Yeah. It manages to capture the nostalgia <laughs> of the previous generation. Because they're not those games aren't all winners. A lot of them are just like, this is a fun oddity or this is a bad game. There are some good things in there. But the newer one is definitively the better game. Right. But still, as a fun little like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, you can, you can do it. What's your favorite Ninja Turtles game, would you say? The one where I get to shoot myself in the eye. Oh, my God. I haven't played that one. All right. That was great. Thank you so much for sharing. I've learned so much. You didn't even ask any questions. I did, you recovered it so comprehensively. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> ask I? a single question. I don't wow. need to. You summarized it so beautifully. Thank you. I love you very much. 
Do you want to ask me if there's valuable. any uh, like online? I feel like a smarter Is it two player, now. four player? Can you play online with your friends? Do you want to ask me any of those I, questions? I no. Okay, I'll answer that. I don't have any questions because I don't care. Enough. Well, I haven't told you this yet. <laughs> some right. are single player, some are multiplayer, as in two to four. And yes, you can play them online, but not all of them. I feel and like, certain games. I feel like this has been going for a really long time. This marriage, you're correct. <laughs> But again, Shredder's no, Revenge is the is, best, is the best. One. but it's not on there. That's okay. a separate game. Cool. Excellent. Well, I'm really glad that you found something that you love so much. It's all right. And I'm sure there are the people out there, actually the majority of people listening to this being like nodding along, being like, I just thank you, like, James. That was a public service announcement. With the older arcade games, it, they're designed to like chew your money, right? Yes. So basically you die a lot, but it's got infinite coins. So like who cares? Because but, but it's like it doesn't feel like – like technically you can do well in it. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes, it's yes. it's kind of a it's a bit skewed against you, which I don't love. Right. The I balance see. is off. Right, cool, excellent. All right. On that note, can I talk about my second thing? What do you got? God. All right. Thank you for those Ninja Turtle recommendations. You don't mean that. I thought September's Subturtles, whatever it's called, was over. Subturtles Turns will never out die. it's going for my whole life. Subturtles is in our Every heart. day. Every goddamn day. Anyway, oh, just on a side note, how funny our son wrote on the wall today, not me. Great stuff. Big fan of that. Hilarious. Anyway, we still haven't figured out who did it as well. No, no, it's really unclear. And he just, he was laughing so hard and then got mad. Anyway, <laughs> the Long Pond Studio Sessions on Disney Plus is awesome. The what? If you are a Swifty fan. No. Nah. That is a Taylor Swift person. I have to admit I was not a Taylor Swift person until – Folklore, and probably until I watched the Long Pond Studio Sessions, and now mm. I am obsessed with it. I've watched it twice. You're recommending Swift, it to everyone. I am. Taylor Swift performs every song from her best-selling album, Folklore, in a truly intimate concert experience, accompanied by her co-producers Aaron Desner from the band The National, who are awesome, and Jack Antonoff from The Bleachers, along with a guest appearance by Justin Vernon, a little dude who's also known as Bonnevere. Taylor. It's not Bon Iver, is it? People no, will be like, bon you said Iver. it wrong, but apparently it is. Bon anyway. I agree. Taylor filmed the event at the historic Longpole Studios in upstate New York, a setting that evokes the nostalgic, wistful nature of the album. It is so beautiful, this studio. I cannot explain. It's kind of in like a woodland. It's just amazing. And in between the live performances, she and her collaborators discuss the creation and meaning behind each song and also share the challenges and joys of remotely producing this acclaimed and record Record-setting collection during lockdown. Oh, so it's really I interesting. Lockdown. So there's parts where Taylor was recording vocals and things in her house, and then they were recording remotely. Her and Bonnevere never recorded in the same room. Have and they, they met? Perform. I'm you know over the internet. Works. What? But they. Ah. It's so interesting too. Like he sort of was sitting even when they did the live performance of it for the film. He's actually in his home studio and she's in the studio and they still manage to pull it all together. It's beautifully done. And they kind of sit around after having like in between songs, having like a very stylized wine or a whiskey around Ooh. the fire, having a chat. But I just find the genesis of songwriting so interesting and also it's just really beautiful performances and it just makes you fall in love with that album all over again if you are a Swift fan. Also, I just think she's an artist, James. Like a real artist, and I love that. Well, I and think like her, you know, the fact that she's endured, that says something, you know. She's a genius. She really is. The way that she can write music that resonates so beautifully and big pop songs, but then also these songs could show she was a country singer initially, so they kind of 
they're not country, but they're on the road towards it. So folk and beautiful and deeply connected. And I think what's interesting too is, you know, that Aaron Dessner from The National is an incredible songwriter and his music is incredibly kind of complex and has this beautiful tone to it. And she manages to match his songwriting so perfectly. And I think that that's so fascinating to watch. And even listening to them talk about it, I found really interesting. It was like they found this kind of really lovely chemistry in the creation of the music, mm. which I find really interesting. And would you he say she's got a collaborative spirit? Definitely. Well, she reached out to them to ask mm. if they'd collaborate with her. And I think it was a bold move really in a lot of ways. I, obviously it makes it like she's one of the number one best-selling artists in the whole world. So obviously they were. it's very financially savvy for them to say yes. But her style of music, she's often thought of as like a pop artist. And Still? so not anymore, not mm. after folklore. But it, it's really interesting that they agreed to do it and how beautifully it all came together. Anyway. Will you ever forgive what it. Jack Gyllenhaal or Harry Styles did to her? Will you ever forgive them? Um, look, it's none of my business. Should he give back the scarf though? Probs. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah. But Probably also. stink all over it. He looks smelly. <laughs> well, anyway, he gave the world some beautiful art. So there you go. As in she wrote about it and it was excellent. Sure. Anyway, I also just love the the bold choices she makes, like re-recording all of her music so that she could then have the right I think that's story. great. Why not? I just bloody love that as well. Anyway, if you just want to get cosy and um, listen to some beautiful music, it's no. on Disney Plus, Long Pond Studio Sessions. Wow. Loved it. Loved it? Loved it. Okay. All right. Should we uh, suggest to everybody here a couple of things? First of all, vote for the Weekly Planet on the best podcast in the world. Yes, yes. The Australian Podcast Awards is linked below. You have to give them an email, but they're not going to spam you for stuff, I assume. They haven't spammed me anyway. I voted for me, which is illegal. I don't know. You had to? <laughs> I think so. I think you are. No, you are. Yeah, yeah, well, I did vote for I myself. should vote for you as well. I haven't done You should done that vote yet. for me. Yeah, thank I'm you for everybody. I'm still juries out though. Who else yeah. will I vote for? All I want to do is win and then make sure I'm not there. <sighs> so the uh, so that there's an awkward pause. And they go, well. Well, I'm probably going to go if you, if you win. Yeah, but it's in Sydney. So I'm like, are you going to go? No, probably not. You're going to fly to I've, Sydney? I'm hoping to go. But also, it's on a Monday night. What were they thinking? We might not win, though. Competition is fierce. It is actually incredibly fierce. The Australian Podcasting Awards are no joke, Claire. A lot of people say that they're a joke, <laughs> and it's basically the industry patting itself on the back. I would never say that, but a lot of people, not me, <laughs> Think that. I think that's rude. Or maybe it's just the industry celebrating all the hard work they do in podcasting. What's wrong with that? Yeah, celebrating. (laughs) Jeez, I won't even show you what he was doing with his hands then, listeners. Luckily, it's an audio medium. James, you're the worst. Anyway, vote for the Weekly Planet. Woo! Make James's bloody year. Let's win it every year for the rest of time. Let's rule this event every year. Who's with me? Worst. Anyway, and the other thing I wanted to talk about is I have an album launch coming up. Oh, my God, Claire. Why didn't we do this at the top of the show? Oh, should we? Should we go back? Should we pause and then re-record it? Yeah. Okay. How about we leave this in, but then (laughs) then what we say afterwards, we'll go at the start of the show. All right. Was that too long? Nah, it's fine, man. So now we're back in the... (laughs) <laughs> the right end of the show. I rabbited it on for a long time. You, about everybody the heard Wesley it. Yankee, everybody heard it. Yeah. Hey, review the show like Tommy Likes Eggs did. Uh, you can do it in app and I'll read your review out. I will do it. This one says 10 stars if I could, but obviously only five stars, Claire, because you can't. 
you can't give a 10 star review. James and Claire are the best in the business. James and I Ooh. share a common disdain for all life in general while Claire brings some hope to the world. 10 out of 5 experience I would also recommend for the spookiest time of the year. And I'm not just talking about text time. What we do in the shadows. It's like The Office but vampires. I need to get back to that show. I only watched the first episode, but yes, you are right. Claire, do you have a Excellent. letter? I do. You can write into the show at gmail.com just like Alan Kerr has. Alan? Hey, Claire and James. Mostly Claire for this email. Thanks, what? Alan. Since you've been in such a musical mood recently and since a lot of the artists you've mentioned vibe with the kind of stuff I like, I wanted yeah. to recommend some of my favourite current bands that you might like. Alan, you are right up my alley. Thank you so much, mate. First Aid Kit. I don't know these guys. A pop film duo of two sisters from Sweden. The sweetest, most perfect harmonies you've ever heard. Mm. Haim. Now, I do have to say I'm a big fan of I Haim. Know you know Haim. Three sisters from California who are as entertaining as people as they are as musicians. Kind of 70s throwback sound. A lot of fun. I totally agree. The Beths, I don't know these guys. New Zealand four-piece who are almost like Courtney Barnett mixed with Weezer. Modern, upbeat pop rock at its finest. And James, I don't know, that cover of Creep that was in the Social Network trailer, I guess, since as a white man in your late 30s, Radiohead are your favourite band and uh, you only listen to songs from movies. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for the great podcast and happy listening, Alan from Glasgow. Fantastic. Thank you, Alan from Glasgow. Glasgow. He what actually has also done a lovely thing where he's listed his favourite songs from each one. It's really oh, that's cool. really nice. I should read them out very yeah, quickly. Yeah, read them out. Go. First aid kit, Emmy Lou, Fireworks, Waitress Song, oh, Out of My Head, no. Ghost Town. No. Haim, The Steps, The Wire, Gasoline, Now I'm Into It, If I Could Change Your Mind. I totally agree No, that's all wrong. The Beths, Knees, knees Deep, Whatever, Expert in a Dying mm, Field, is it? Jump Rope Gaze, <laughs> The River Run, Level 1. Yeah. Thank you so much, Alan. That's such a thoughtful I mean, email. questionable choices. I mean, I, that's not what you I, I would have done. You don't listen to a but, single uh, one. I listen to everything. I'm always about music. So I can't believe you listened through the whole album. What am I not going to listen to it? Just be like, no, nah, I didn't do it. It was great, genuinely. I sat there the whole time. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks very much. No, I really did enjoy it. I think oh. there's gonna there's some certified bangers, as they say. Certified Claire. bangers. Oh well look, it's been a huge amount of fun to make. That's been the biggest part of it actually. It's just that the joy of it. Well, I resent the fun I that you loved have. it. Because I don't find joy in anything. Yeah, that's accurate. All right, let's get All out right. of here. All right, thank let's you. We've here. been to Jess for podcast. Thank you, as always, to Rock Collins for editing this week's episode. Thank you to Maisie for doing our socials. Woo. We will see you on the flip side. Will I have read Project Hail Mary? No. Probs not. No, I will. I'm going to read more pages. Just I want don't. to find out Just... what happens to his penis tube. <laughs> and it comes out, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what He spends the rest of the book trying to get it back in. <laughs> That's the real project, yeah, Hail but Mary. It's like, get it, yeah. <laughs> He's like, Jesus, Hail Mary. But uh, yeah, it's like getting tube, uh, the toothpaste out of a tube. You can't get it back oh, in. Oh, it's such know? a small hole. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. It's a weird thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> right, bye, everyone. That's so you're weird. You're weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm normal. Everyone thinks. <laughs> I think it's abnormal. Normal, man. All right. Normal. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.